Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, September 21st, 2020. Hope that you're doing well, that your families are doing well, and hope that you can enjoy today's show, which we're going to be talking about this idea of a streamer tax. So when I'm talking about streamers, we're referring to you know the Netflixes, the Hulus, the Amazons, that sort of thing. And the tax is related to really ongoing litigation uh, between streamers and municipalities, you know, groups that uh, essentially provide electricity or what have you, and local governments. And this is, again, something that's been going on during litigation, but it's also a general discussion and debate going on, uh, whether it be in political circles or in the public in general, among sort of sports uh, professionals and experts, this sort of thing, and entertainment uh, and media folks. And it's something that's actually occurred overseas in Europe already, where some of these streamers have been subject to different taxes, that sort of thing, which we will get into uh, in today's show. But before we do that, want to uh, do a quick commercial break for our wonderful sponsor, betonline.ag. So we're going to do a commercial and we'll be back for the content for this week's show. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, folks, thanks again for our, to our wonderful sponsor there, betonline.ag. I'm back again. This is Jeremy Evans, your host for Believe in Sports Law. And today we are talking about the streaming tax that has been floated out there as an idea in general, but it's also uh, in some ongoing litigation. And I think. So the overall theme here, what we're going to be talking about is this idea of whether streamers are bridging the gap or trying to bridge the gap between cost effectiveness and innovation and whether streamers should be subject to a tax where everything is digitally distributed, right? You know, you log into your subscription platform and you have your content immediately. But the way that that content content gets delivered is important in the sense that uh, municipalities provide the electricity, right? They're providing the infrastructure to deliver that content. And then, of course, these uh, internet um, service provider companies are providing the internet to deliver that. So it's really two very, very important players in terms of uh, how content is delivered. Now, of course, you have to have a platform to deliver on too, right? So this is where TVs and iPads and uh, and phones come into play where people also watch their content. But the argument here from municipalities and from local governments is that as long as streamers are distributing content and they're not paying for the infrastructure, uh, they should indeed be paying for the infrastructure and they should be subject, subject to some sort of tax. That's the argument. That's what the litigation is over. 
what we're going to talk about today is whether they're, um, you know, who's right, who's wrong, and uh, really kind of uh, nail down some of the issues that are really important in this debate. So let's get into it. Well, I think ultimately we need to take first a sort of a step back and look at sort of the 10,000 foot view in terms of where are we at economically, right? Now, of course, we have this pandemic going on. Streaming was already on the rise, especially internationally. But obviously with the pandemic, streaming has risen because more people are at home, more people are spending time with their families. Obviously, streaming is up. Now, the interesting dynamic there is that uh, content is not necessarily up, meaning that as production has slowed, starting to pick back up a little bit, but as production has slowed content, obviously there's going to be a time where there might be not as much content as um, maybe consumers are used to uh, because production has been down. Now that may be a short period of time, may be a very long period of time, but ultimately it's something to keep in mind. Now the other interesting piece to this is that obviously cable used to be the rage, right? Everybody had cable, everybody had huge cable packages and paid, you know, hundred plus dollars a month, right? Now, you can have, you know, three, four, five sets of uh, subscription packages to, let's say, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Showtime, HBO, and still pay, you know, basically half of what you might for a cable bill. And then, of course, you're paying your, you know, 60 plus dollars a month for your internet, depending on where you, you know, where you live, where your zip code is, and what level of speed you might have uh, for that internet service. But the point of bringing this up is that, you know, cable is down, meaning that less people are, um, you know, signing up for cable packages and more people are, you know, setting up, setting themselves up for streaming and subscriptions uh, for that. And in the past, there was something, and still it still occurs to this day, where there's a 5% cable tax to cable companies. And uh, that was sort of done in the sense that, you know, cable companies should pay a tax for having their content distributed through, let's say, cable wires, or let's say, through, um, so let's say, a company like Spectrum or whatever, or Cox or uh, AT and T, have it distributed through that, and then, um, and then, of course, the municipalities who are providing electricity, and so there was a five percent uh, tax there that was actually added on. I think it was called the Communications Act, which is a fairly old act. But was, uh, but was edited or amended rather to add this 5% tax. So the question is, is should Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, who in some sense have replaced or are replacing or complementing cable companies, um, should they have to also pay a tax to this? Now, another interesting you know, sort of caveat to all this is that companies like AT&T now own you know, HBO. So they can't pay a tax that they indeed in some sense may actually own the cable lines or the internet distribution lines rather that's distributing their content on their platforms. So sort of an interesting caveat there. So really the question comes down to whether they should be paying a tax or fee for the uh, uh, distribution or the use of electricity. So if more people are using Netflix than they are, you know, a light bulb, right? should they in turn have to pay a larger fee. Now, this is an interesting dynamic in that there's always been this space between business and government. There's always been a gap, right? 
And that gap is often filled by partnership uh, or taxes or both. And public-private partnerships are something that Americans are more common to seeing, especially nowadays. Uh, And it sort of allows for uh, consumers to enjoy their everyday lives without disruption. Now, this idea of taxes on services um, may help with infrastructure and delivery of, uh, let's say, content through Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu. But is it the correct way to go? And is it is it sort of um, is there justification for this? So, I think ultimately we've explained the situation. We sort of you know laid out to what's going on here between you know, cable television providers, local governments, public utilities that provide electric power and or electricity and the consumer. So in today's environment, the entertainment media and sports streaming companies, you know, let's say like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Peacock, Paramount Plus, which is a new one, Apple Plus, and more, HBO, whatever, you know, what have you, uh, are seeking to complement and potentially replace cable companies. Now, the data and analytics on this show that cable subscriptions have been declining while streaming has been increasing, especially internationally. And, you know, Netflix will be the first to tell you that most of its new subscriptions come from India and overseas. And, of course, the first company to be able to break into uh, China is going to have, you know, obviously a a ton more of uh, at least the option to add subscriptions, right, and people who want more content. So now there are still a lot of Americans out there who like to keep uh, their cable, whether that be for live sports, but a lot of people are cutting the cord and there's even some people who do both. They do cable and they do streaming. Now there was a recent Hollywood Reporter article that I highly recommend folks to uh, check out and um, by Eric Gardner, who's a great, uh, a great author and I read his stuff all the time, but um, he wrote a great article on this and he sort of pointed to the fact that maybe the current pandemic was the reason for local governments and municipalities municipalities calling for this sort of additional tax. And there's ongoing litigation over this currently. So should streamers be forced to pay the tax? Um, obviously, litigation is going to figure that out. But if the government got involved, obviously, that might expedite the process. But And of course, Europe has already done some of this, and they've forced... Um, you know, certain companies to uh, pay a streaming tax for, you know, sort of lack of a better word or a little better category, but that's essentially what it is. Now, the streamers have argued that digital delivery has little to no effect on infrastructure and taxes and fees are already paid by the land that they own or, or lease to host their servers, right? Uh, to host that content, distribute it. And of course, the internet providers are, you know, gaining because, um, you know, ultimately, uh, consumers have to use the internet and pay for that internet to access some of this content. And again, I mentioned earlier this whole Communications Act, which is subject of the cable companies to this five percent tax. And so, here, this is sort of where we're at. We have sort of three questions that I think are important as to um, de- de- developing the argument here and developing sort of where this should go, right? I think the first question is, is are streamers using resources that they're not paying for? So this would be like, you know, you getting, uh, you know, are streamers getting a benefit that they're not paying for? Now, on the one hand, streamers have to pay for the land and the facilities and required taxes to complete the digital distribution, digital distribution process to their, um, 
uh, to the subscribed, you know, consumers or the, the people who hold the subscriptions. On the other hand, digital distribution also requires internet service, which is still delivered from internet service providers, which generally requires some sort of hardwire unless it's done through satellite or whatever. But it, at this day and age, it's still pretty much um, digital distribution, but through internet uh, cable, right? So, and that may be fiber optics, whatever it is, but that's clearly the current process. And until that changes, that's what goes on. Now, um, it is also the hardwire infrastructure people's homes that allow for Wi-Fi, right? So as people continue to cut the cord for cable, people are increasingly using the hardwire internet infrastructure to access their subscribed streaming services, let's say like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. Now, the argument is that the cities are, are using is that the increased usage of infrastructure should come at a cost, like the 5% charge to cable companies. Now, the problem with this is that it makes internet freedom um, a little more complicated. Uh, let's say, for example, you can log on the internet now. All you got to do is pay the $60 a month just for the internet connection. But you can search websites and search and do your social media basically for free. So once you start charging, um, you know, let's say companies like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, or let's say even if you charge, started charging Facebook or social media apps for electricity, right? Uh, in some sense, if you're accessing it from your desktop or something, what happens there? You know, are you going to start charging those companies? And then, of course, the problem is, is that anytime you charge a company, that company is going to indeed uh, push that cost off to their consumer, to their you know to their customer. So it really ends up being a consumer tax, not a streamer tax in that way. So it's something to keep in mind. Uh, again, so are streamers using resources they're not paying for? I mean, potentially, you know, I think if they're, if internet service is increased by um, their sort of being there, uh, but I think the problem is, is where does that stop? Because there's a lot of websites out there and a lot of subscription packages people use. And so are we going to start charging those companies as well? And again, the point coming back to, um, you know, that ultimately being, being passed to the consumer. The second question is, is are streamers the replacement for cable companies and the law just needs to play catch up? Now this is something that has been pushed by the, and advocated by let's say the local municipalities or local governments, this sort of thing. Uh, streamers are definitely not making this argument uh, unless they're making it from the standpoint that the law just needs to catch up in the sense of recognizing that the uh, development and distribution of content has changed and the resources that were once required for cable companies uh, are no longer required for internet-based companies, right? Um, so I think that argument is made stronger insofar as internet distribution uh, does not increase the use of electricity and or internet distribution uh, does not require significant infrastructure. And both of those things are not necessarily true at the current time because internet infrastructure is indeed used uh, by the streamers. And more importantly, uh, electricity has been shown to increase uh, when streamers are being accessed. So, uh, but again, it sort of comes back to the argument again of our cable companies, the same thing as streamers. I think arguably that they're not uh, just based on digital distribution and that development that's changed there. Are they the same in terms of delivering content? Yes. But 
I think you have to look at the unintended consequences of this and that if you tax a company, it will indeed turn that, that tax onto the customer or the consumer. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, at least to date, Congress has not really attacked this issue, uh, looking at more of a free market approach and letting um, you know consumers and streamers sort of um, figure it out in the free marketplace. And I think this is why streamers can charge so little because they've not been subject to big taxes and these sorts of things, uh, additional fees, uh, what have you. And I think the third question that uh, is going to be considered is this idea of if streamers are using resources, do they actually have value? Now, of course, electricity has value. There's no doubt, and it costs money. But people are paying for that when uh, they have access to electricity. They're using it, and they use it for how they are paying for how much they use, right? You know, the whole electricity meter thing that most people have on their apartments or their homes, whatever have you. So they're paying for that. And then, of course, uh, consumers are also paying for access to the internet, which is an additional charge. And then, of course, streamers are just a platform that people access through the internet. So in some sense, everybody's getting paid. It's just I think cities are making this argument, whether it be because of the pandemic, whether it be because uh, additional electricity is used, which, again, consumers are paying for because most electricity is based on how much you use. So consumers are actually paying for additional access, just like you might pay for faster Internet service, right? So Internet infrastructure does have value. It costs, it costs you know, money to set up and maintain. Um, but as I mentioned, they're also being paid by consumers and they're paid by how much they use. So, you know, should streamers have to pay this additional tax? I think it raises some interesting questions. And on one hand, consumers should not be charged twice because, again, tax on services to any streamer company would, would just be passed to the consumer. And uh, clearly cities need more money during a pandemic and clearly uh, cities, as most governments do, will look for ways to uh, bring in additional income. Um, but I think it also raises the question of where will cities spend the, uh, this newfound resource of money? And will it be on infrastructure or will it be on something else? And of course, uh, internet service companies pay for and maintain infrastructure. And then municipalities are sort of like semi-government uh, public-private partnerships pay for the infrastructure for electricity. I think the biggest argument for the city here, if they're going to be successful during litigation or really just in, in, in general, is if a city or municipality involved in infrastructure maintenance related to delivery of services or you know, sort of IG or EG electricity, and the city can show that they are not collecting taxes or fees for that maintenance, or uh, municipalities should be paid. Now, it is unclear at this point whether that is occurring. And uh, I think litigation, ongoing litigation, will show that, you know, for example, if you had a consumer who was not paying for additional electricity but was still accessing all of these streamers, then, of course, that might be a solid argument for, for having streamers be charged for something. So as I mentioned before, ongoing litigation will determine this. Uh, but just note that in Europe, Netflix and, and similar companies have already uh, paid for some of these um, additional taxes and fees, and they sort of chalked it up to doing business overseas. Uh, Europe is traditionally a less free marketplace than, let's say, the United States. 
in China, which is definitely a less free marketplace in the United States, uh, especially with the sort of communist regime there. But studios and distributors have actually required to regulate content to be both Chinese friendly, meaning it doesn't, you know, um, harm the Communist Party or whatever at all when they're distributing that content. That's been a big source of contention uh, in Hollywood. And then, of course, in some cases, it may even be uh, forced to be Chinese owned or focused, meaning a studio might be uh, forced to do X amount of films per year. Uh, that are sort of based in China or Chinese-focused or whatever. So what will America do? I think, you know, thus far the Internet has been pretty forcibly free, and I think consumers like that. And I think once you change the Internet from being free to being a charge-based place, it will indeed change it. Uh, whether that changes for the better or not is yet to be seen, but it definitely changes the marketplace once you start charging people for access to the internet in the sense of charging for the electricity, charging for the internet access, and then in addition charging to access certain websites beyond just paying a subscription fee. So um, I think, you know, ultimately, again, as we mentioned, unless the city can show that it's not being paid for infrastructure maintenance, that it's, you know, that it, that's separate and apart from uh, fees that it's already collecting, um, if it can't show that, then it's going to have a tough time proving that in court. So that's this week's show, folks. We're talking again about uh, these sort of streaming uh, streaming tax and, and whether streamers have sort of bridged the gap between cost effectiveness and innovation. And we're going to see how you know where this goes. But I think ultimately for now, um, the ongoing litigation will, um, will play out and we'll see whether streamers will kind of have to pay another additional tax here in the United States. And uh, again, folks, thanks for listening in and look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.